Signs and wonders. That's what Jesus did. And among those wonders is the truth that God listens to all prayer. Solomon exhibited when he said, God's going to hear your prayers and prayers of people all over. James affirmed it. Jesus demonstrated it as he answered the prayer of a centurion. Let's look at that scripture. You're seated, please. Last week I made a confession, whether you were here or not, I I did. Uh, Not a confession of sin, but I confess that I daydream. I've daydreamed for a long, long time. Whether sitting on the lawn, sitting in school, wherever, I'm pretty good at it. But today, I want, well, maybe make another kind of confession, because my mind, my mind not only daydreams, it goes all over the place. It goes all over the place so that when I hear a word, for instance, or see a circumstance, I begin to think about all sorts of things. Like I hear the word fight, and I begin to think about warfare, maybe, or a boxing match, or a couple little kids wrestling on the floor in front of their parents and almost having a good time. I think of parents or others exchanging words and Sometimes we call that a fight, a verbal fight, and hopefully not any physicality to all of it. A fight, a fight, all kinds of conflicts rush my mind. Here, there, everywhere. Or I think of the word celebration. And I think of a couple in a restaurant with a glass of wine and a good meal celebrating life and love together as husband and wife. And then I think about the Super Bowl and the kind of parties that are going to go on today and for some have gone on all week already. And some of the even more raucous parties uh, or the kinds that kids have in school or those that we celebrate at home. And I think about here, there, and everywhere, all those parties, all those fightings, all those things going on. And then today I read, you hear about a centurion. And he said a word that's important, and he said, I'm not deserving. I'm not worthy. And here goes my mind again. Deserving. Worthy. What is that all about? He said, Jesus, I'm not deserving to have you come under my roof. Or as Pastor Sean would say, my roof. And either way, you get a picture. And the centurion understood, and I begin to think, maybe like you, worthy, deserving. Who is deserving? Deserving of what? Where? What circumstance? Being deserving of something. Why? When? The questions just keep coming, and my daydreaming and my going on with words just continues, and maybe like yours, too. I mean, for many, the word deserving has to do with merit. I mean, she deserves a a raise in pay. She's put in her time. She has done well. She needs a longer vacation. She's been here some 25 years. Or he doesn't deserve what he's getting a different kind, a different twist. Or 
he is getting what he deserves. He's in jail because he committed a crime and that's the punishment that fits the crime. It's deserving. Or my mind keeps going. Perhaps someone is deserving of a certain kind of effort. Hey, I, I worked. I worked really hard and I even went the extra mile. I gave it my all. I deserve to be rewarded. Or I think of a guy like Matthew Stafford. Ring a bell? Quarterback, many years with the Detroit Lions, but now he's in the Super Bowl with the Rams. And to me, guy coming from Michigan, I would say he deserves to win the Super Bowl. I mean, he put in a lot of uh, tough years and things didn't go well, they went nowhere. Now he's in the spotlight. I, I think he deserves to win. You know, I said that last evening, and then somebody bumped into me who was wearing an orange shirt <laughs> with a little bit of black in it and those stripes, and he said, you know, I, I really think Cincinnati deserves to win for all they've been through. Whatever. Deserving, perhaps, because of effort. And then, then there's that business of being deserving because of one's character. I mean, she's a kind, loving person. She cares about other people. She has demonstrated that again and again. She's honest, too. Or the flip side of that, that's not so good. Poor me. I don't deserve anything. I'm so messed up. I'm so out of tune. I don't deserve a thing from you, from anybody, and not even from God. I don't deserve it. I, I just don't. I call that worm theology. Theology, a way of looking from God's perspective. And you know, I think there was and there is a hymn that reinforced that, I think, out of touch, that sick kind of sense of worthiness or lack of it. Alas, and did my Savior bleed? And did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? It was in the old hymn book. It's in the newest hymn book. In between, I think we got a better translation of it for sinners. But to overdo in the negative worthiness, well, you see, that's just one of those many things that crosses through my mind and maybe yours. And then there is what the Psalms say about the worthiness of God. Psalm 96, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. Now we would agree with that. We would say that is right when we're talking about God. When we talk about us, uh, there's a whole raft of things even as I've mentioned, but with God, he deserves, he's worthy of our praise. Okay, with all that said, let's go back to the Roman centurion. The Roman centurion who talked about worthiness to and about Jesus. You know, Luke records this incident as well. And you look at it and it's got some interesting things to say about deserving. That centurion, the Roman had some Jewish friends, elders in the Jewish religion. And he said to them, you go and make the appeal on my behalf to Jesus for healing of my servant, my slave. And they came to Jesus, those Jewish elders, and this is what they said. 
this man, the centurion, deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and built our synagogue. They came with a sense that this man who was seeking, who was praying to Jesus for something, deserved Jesus' goodness to answer his prayer like those first two readings we're talking about in the positive. A combination, perhaps, of him having merit, a good effort, and character. That's what the Jewish elders brought to Jesus. But the centurion, he had a different view. He said, I don't deserve, Jesus, to have you come under my roof. And this, and don't let your mind go too wildly, but get the point, keep the focus. This had to do with authority. As you read, as you heard, and as we consider this Bible reading, it has to do with authority. The centurion said, hey, I'm a man who understands authority. I'm a centurion to have people underneath me, soldiers, that do what I say because I'm their authority. And he didn't say it, but it was, Jesus, you're the higher authority than I am. I don't have any right to tell you, even ask you, what to do for me. Jesus listened, and he said, there is faith. That's the key in this whole business of worthiness. Faith is the key, and it's all about Jesus. Because Jesus has authority. He demonstrated it over demons, over nature, over sickness, and even over death. The signs and wonders, one after the other, time and again throughout his life. So where do we connect with all of this? What about us? What do we deserve from God? You know, I I think back along this line, again, my mind going wherever it goes, and I think, you know, there were times when I really felt God that I deserve you to do something good for me. And I would get frustrated. I would have a problem. And I'd say, God, in my prayers, I would say, God, deliver me. You know, I've really been pretty good. I've tried my best. I've tried my hardest. And I really deserve it. And I would pray, Lord, give me what I deserve. And then I thought. And I read scripture. And I started to think in a different kind of way. And I realized what I deserved and what I didn't. And I changed my prayer. Getting in tune with God, I then prayed and kept on praying, Lord, don't give me what I deserve. Give me what I don't deserve. Your grace, your unmerited love. And you see, we have to understand that from the perspective of God. Realistically, from God's point of view, and that's the one that counts, I deserve nothing that's good. I've sinned. I've turned my back. I've plugged my ears to what God has said and done, and I've walked away time and again. I've separated myself from God. We, I have found that separation from God leads to no good thing, but yet that's what I deserve. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And you know, you, you get a wage based on what you do or don't do. And that's sin, the sins we do or the good we don't commit. And it leads rightly from God's perspective to death. Remember, remember when Jesus died, 
It was a thief on either side of him. One who wasn't in tune with God and one who was. And the one who was said to the one who wasn't, we're suffering because we deserve it. This man in the middle has done nothing wrong. We deserve what we're getting. Out of the mouth of a great sinner came that truth. Now you pause. And as you think, is that that rather negative view about what we deserve, is that exaggerated? Well, is it untrue? Well, it may sound to be true if we look at things from our perspective. Because, you know, sometimes we think, well, you know, God, God grades on a curve. He grades on a curve. You've been in that situation in school where there's an objective uh, set of what you have to reach to get an A, B, C, or whatever. But sometimes the teacher will look at all the scores and the one who did the best will get an A, even though it wasn't top-of-the-line work, and the rest will follow. Well, sometimes we think that, we wish that, and we hope that. And then we also falsely begin to think, you know, well, hey, we deserve a break today. And we're not talking about McDonald's. We're talking about, I deserve a break from you, God. I mean, after all, I I may not be terribly bad, but I'm better than this one, or I'm better than that person and what he or she has done. And we begin to try to build ourselves up, if only on a sliding type of scale. But all of this, all of this comes from listening to foreign false voices. Voices that are not God's truth, but the kind of truth that our mind produces because of our broken condition. But we need to understand God's perspective. It's a tough one, but we need to grab hold of it and to own it. I have sinned. Therefore, what I deserve is not God's favor, but instead his disfavor. He's right. And he's right all the time in every way. And that, that is the beginning of repentance, of seeing things the way they really are in God's sight, and then by his power, making a U-turn in our thinking, in our living. And then has opened up to us grace, God's forgiving love. That's where it comes in. His love is unleashed and forgiveness he grants. Bible also says he does not treat us as our sins deserve. Although undeserving, we get his healing. Although undeserving, we get his forgiveness and his love. The centurion got healing for his slave, his servant. Others got healing from Jesus, from their physical, their mental, and their spiritual maladies. Because God is good, Jesus was good. And you know, we get God's love. Not because we deserve it. It's only one reason. We get God's love because that's who God is. Because God is love. He doesn't just exhibit it. The Bible said God is love. And he loves for no other reason than himself and who he is. And that one is Jesus in our human estate. Jesus, God and us. He loves 
And if we love, it's because he first loved us. That's where things take hold in a new way. Love loves the unlovable. Think about that in terms of Valentine's Day, you know? Uh, We love each other, and we take each other out to dinner, give each other gifts, because we love the other. And often because that other loves us. Kind of an exchange. Kind of back and forth with love. And, And that's great. That's good. But loving the unlovable, that's a bigger challenge. That's what God does. And you know, that's opportunity for us, not only to receive, but to pass on God's love. How can I do that? Well, you know, I I mentioned parish notes a while back. Look at that front page. We're talking about being in tune with God, resting it, and getting healthier. To find someone and to ask, how can I love someone more? Maybe even someone I wouldn't have thought I should love. I have an excuse not to love. Love that person. And it's the same with forgiveness as it is with love. You know, I hear so often, I see it on TV, I see it in the movies, when something bad happens between two people, and the one who's been offended says, you know, that person doesn't deserve my forgiveness. It's like, no way am I going to forgive that person. The the problem, the fault, the hurt, way too big. Well, that's probably true. That's probably true in some ways that someone doesn't deserve our forgiveness. In fact, it's absolutely true. Nobody deserves forgiveness from anybody. But that's what forgiveness is all about, to give it to the undeserving. Not because there's going to be some kind of exchange, not because there's going to be some kind of promise, or I'll do good, I'll make it up to you, and then I'll earn your forgiveness. Remember, how it is with God. He forgives us even though we don't deserve it. That's true forgiveness. And as we receive it, it's ours to own, but it's also ours to pass on. Because, you see, it's not our forgiveness that we exhibit. It's God's in us and through us. And so, you know, when that happens, um, I often want to say, you know, that's okay. That's okay. What you've done wrong, you know, that's all right. We'll we'll get it straight. Or uh, forget about it. Better to say, I forgive you. I mean, there's the best way to say it. There's the best way for people to begin to understand God's forgiveness through us and to them. And through all of this, then God comes to the point where if he could put it into words, he says, You deserve it. You are worth it. This side of forgiveness, we are worth it in God's sight. He has made us something new because of Jesus and only Jesus. Not you, not me, not anybody else. This is a whole new way to think, a whole new way to respond. It's Jesus. And this is faith the faith of a centurion, the faith of a person like you and me as we follow Jesus. It's a reality that's new. It's different. Tune in. Receive God's truth. Own it. Understand it as best as you can, as much 
as you can. Get rid of those old standards of what's deserving and not deserving. And as you receive it, share it. Live in it as you look and live with other people. It's an ongoing process. Let's continue in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit so to live. Amen.